What is this? It's a goddamn zombie tiger. That's crossing the line. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Frankenstein's podcast, where it's all about the monster. We're a creature feature podcast about monsters and why we love them. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Praska, and with me is... Your other host, Khalid Hussain. What's going on, Khalid? How are you? I am great, Joe. I am so great. It's been a really fun weekend so far. Got a lot done, and now I'm just excited to jump into it today. How about you? I'm glad that you're great. I've been sick for a bit, so I haven't been, I've been less great, but I'm on the upswing, so I'm feeling a bit better today, which is good. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad to hear you're feeling better, buddy. We'll uh, we'll try to take it easy on you today. Well, I, I mean, I think mon- talking monsters always makes me feel better, so that's a plus. Oh, yeah. It does a body good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm going to jump right into it, Klee. We got a special episode for uh, all, our, all our listeners today. Uh, rather than talking about a specific movie or a specific monster, uh, we kind of have more of an interview set up uh, with a special guest, um, Mikkel uh, Franzen is joining us. He's a professional creature designer slash modeler with over 10 years of experience, worked with multiple VFX companies, and you can see some of his creature work in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, The Predator, and The Witcher. Welcome, Mikkel. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Impressive resume. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I've been doing this for for, for quite a bit, so excited to to talk to you guys about, about the monsters. Awesome, awesome. And before we get into some of the specifics of your career, we got uh, a couple guest questions that we tend to ask all our guests just about monsters in general. So I'm going to ask you right away, um, putting you on the spot a little bit, but if you had to choose any monster in in pop culture and history, movie history, book history, what have you, uh, what would you say is your all-time favorite? And if it isn't the same, what would you consider to be the scariest in your opinion? So it can only be one? <laughs> you could choose two if you want, a favorite and a scariest, or it could be the same. I would say some of the most, oh, well, if I have to say one or two. You can like say multiple I'll, if you want, it's I'll, fine. I'll say, um, from, from the Dracula 1992, uh, the uh, uh, Lucy in the Garden, like I remember watching that scene when I was a kid and being terrified. Uh, I think everybody that's seen that all, all, all have that picture in their mind of how you see the, the werewolf in the garden and the lighting coming up and you see the close-up of the face. Mm. And that for some reason, that that always stuck to me. So I love that one. Okay. That's a good choice. I, I feel like you said you wanted to say more than one. So if you want to say others, go for it. Well, well, there's also the bad creature uh, from the same same movie that, that I really think is, is very well done. And another thing, or another creature I really like was the, the fly. Ah. Yeah. Yes. It's beautiful in many ways because it's so creature focused and uh, i i remember really liking how creature focused it is, is and how you you see the transformation uh, of it and it takes its time telling the story as well which uh, i feel maybe maybe not enough movies they do they just show the creature and then it's how it looks but here we actually get to see how how it mutates and how it evolves and all these kinds of things so uh, so i know i mentioned more than more than uh, more than one but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll allow it. Yeah. What a pass this time. <laughs> um, second uh, new guest question is what, uh, we, I feel like we all are a little bit geeky about something and, and most of us here are geeky about monsters, but if there's something else that you would say that you just can really like nerd out about for like 
hours on end or something, or you could just binge watch forever. What's uh, what's on your geek card? I mean, in in general, so are, are you thinking about a show? Or general, in general. In general, I would I would say like I'm a, I'm a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Ah. I collect all the all the old school, very expensive <laughs> toys. So now they're expensive. Uh, but- <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 super cool to go out and, and in the thrift shops and and see if I can find some old toys and then try to display them as as good as possible. Uh, so it kind of like the career that I have kind of ties in with with uh, with my childhood and what I actually liked as a child. So it all come come full circle somehow. That's awesome to hear. And I, I would agree with you, like the thrill of kind of like the hunt for the thing that you want, like you said, going to thrift stores or antique stores and like, oh, they have that thing like randomly. That's a yeah. blast. Yeah. 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 Because if you order something online, it's almost too easy, right? And just show up in a box and then all you have to do is open the box and put it somewhere, right? Exactly. There's no effort. No effort. Yeah. Have you seen the new movie yet? Oh, yeah, I I, I did. I I like the, the I like I like a lot of things about it, but when I actually came out of the of the cinema watching, and I was like, okay, I was so into the 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 humor and the, the art direction and and everything they they've been doing doing also with the with the toys and stuff. But then I was like, how? Because I, I think I was so focused on 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 them getting something right because I think the 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 two previous movies that came out weren't really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I kind of forgot to think about how 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 good was the movie itself, <laughs> because I was so focused on how did they actually look and how did they talk and all this kind of stuff. So I feel I gotta watch it again to 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 give my final verdict on 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 how I actually feel the movie was. But it's a good sign. Yeah, I think it's it was very good. What do you guys think? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm just curious. I want to see it really badly. Now that it's out on digital, I might uh, rent it. Same. I haven't seen it yet. I, I got it. The animation was like interestingly enough, interesting enough to make me want to watch it for sure. Yeah. I, I just wanted to get the day one fans opinion, you know, really, really seal the deal. <laughs> um, all right. So I'll, I got the first uh, non-new guest question for you, Mikkel. Um, so I'll, I'm really just interested in your origin story, especially like uh, coming from production myself. Like I'm always curious, like, before this was a career path for you, like what drew you to monsters and VFX like creation specifically? Like, can you can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, yeah, I'm from Denmark, by the way. So which is far far away. I live in Canada now, but I'm all the way from from a tiny little country called Denmark in Scandinavia. <laughs> and uh, so when I was uh, Figuring out what I wanted to do career-wise, I was looking into any type of creative educations, and back then we didn't we didn't really have that many options. So so I ended up spending some some years doing some graphic design and and being trying to be creative with that. Uh, but in the end, it kind of I kind of fell bored, I guess, with that. So after a few years of like painting and drawing and being a freelancer and and doing all kinds of things, traveling. I found a school in Denmark which specialized specialized in in 3D, uh, so 3D production. And from there, it kind of opened my eyes to ah, maybe that could be a a way into being a part of of movie making. Because coming from a place in Denmark, it's not exactly the the most common thing to do, right? So 
So that was kind of like what led me into like having a, a, a at least an education that could get me into visual effects, and uh, that was kind of the path from there. And uh, and after that, when I finished my my bachelor in in computer graphics, as it's called, I started freelancing, and this was my first kind of venture into like how to deal with clients and blah blah blah. And then <coughs> one day, I actually received a, an email by Randall William Cook, who at first I, I didn't know who was. So I was like, hmm, just let me look this up and see who this guy is. And to my surprise, uh, he was the, the Lord of the Rings uh, animation director. Ooh. And he worked <laughs> a lot of cool, cool, cool things. Like, for example, he did like the the, ter- the terror dogs from uh, from Ghostbusters. He did the stop motion for that. So he this wow. guy had like a lot of experience. I was like, hey... You want to do a creature like blah 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 he had a, a, a an ip he was working on uh so so that was one of my first freelance clients which uh to me was probably gave me a bit of uh, a feeling of oh maybe i actually have a a chance here because someone who has some type of history or experience likes my work uh, so that's kind of how it started wow that's pretty cool. Relating, <laughs> but I thought that was a cool story. At least that's super cool. What was the first project, by the way, you worked with him on? Yeah, well, that that was a, a freelance gig for for a film that he was making. I don't know where the production is on that. Oh, <laughs> that happens a lot, I would say. But the, I mean, getting to work with that guy was was obviously a huge, huge opportunity. Oh, I and bet. Yeah, a good story to tell people as well. <laughs> yeah, way to kickstart a career. I love stories like that because it's like so much more about like the relationship that you got to develop versus like any kind of one opportunity. Exactly, exactly. Because freelancing, uh, like the, it's uh, you, you like filmmaking is a hard thing to do, and you get a lot of. Uh, at least I got a lot of emails with like, "Hey, we're doing this film," blah 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 blah, and then they always end up saying, "But we don't have any money." <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. That used to be the problem, and I think. In the end, like I was a bit tired of of trying to freelance and making that work, that I decided to go into the uh, VFX and actually work for a company. Uh, so I moved from Denmark and then I went to London, and uh, and that's where I I worked on all the all the films that that you mentioned earlier. Cool. Amazing. So on your website, uh, it, you uh, it lists you as like a creature modeler and slash designer. Could you? tell me a little bit more about like what creature modeling is specifically I, I, I'm trying to does it mean you tend to work a little bit more on the digital end than the practical effects side oh yeah we, that, yeah. that is totally totally uh, digital everything. okay and, and usually as a creature modeler you will if the pipeline is set up the way it's supposed to you, you get a, a drawing a concept art or whatever it might be and then your job is basically to, to model that thing and, uh, and make it look as good as, as you can uh, but I have been fortunate uh, to have some uh, opportunities where, where in movies they come with a concept and then the director is like, well, this is the concept, but we don't really like it. <laughs> Very common thing. So it's like, oh, okay, so what am I using this for? It's like, oh, that's that's kind of more like inspiration. You know? So so in the end, like for example, on, on Predator, there was a lot of movies that had been done uh, the, yeah, that's the 2018 
version of the Predator. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of design that had been done for that film and a lot of exploration they wanted to do. Um, and basically I took some of those concepts and tried to work them up and send them back. And that's why sometimes I will write on a title that I helped with the actual concept design of it and not just the 3D aspects of it, if that makes sense. You actually kind of answered a question I had a little further down, actually. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the... No, it's awesome. The, it, it means I uh, predicted the flow well. <laughs> uh, the, I was going to ask you about the Predator. Yeah, like having like working on such an iconic creature, like that must have been interesting. And I was kind of wondering what that process, but it's kind of interesting to know that some of the concept wasn't like really loved. And then you kind of got to tweak that in your own way. Were you a fan of the Predator movies before? Like you asked me to mention uh, creatures that I liked before, yeah. and Predator is little, would literally have been the next thing, like the pre- the first Predator, because I feel like the, the, the Predators in the later films might not be as good as the first one. Like I remember the the Predator in the first one with the iconic laugh and like everything. Yeah. About that. Like so good. So if, yeah, I, I guess I can't swear on a podcast. I was just going to do it. But. Oh, totally again. <laughs> you can swear whenever you want here. Uh, yeah, you edited it out, I guess. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, that that, uh, that that was a huge honor. Like that was my first, uh, I would say, my first real task in in VFX was was uh, was working on on the Predator, the assassin Predator for that film, which was a massive honor, you know. Yeah, that's so cool, and it and it turned out cool. I feel like the design was awesome. I felt the design worked. I, I maybe I wouldn't have made him as huge as he as he was because I, like couldn't you just have a, a an armored predator who seems more badass than the other predators? <laughs> yeah, he was really tall. <laughs> so you also uh, designed Valentine in uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, and I'm really curious because I did I love the movie by the way the effects are amazing and I'm just like really interested in your contribution to the Army of the Dead movie and potential uh, future work in the franchise. Um, can you can you speak to any of that? I uh, yes, of course I can. I I spent I would say I spent almost eight months on 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 that on Valentine on just doing Valentine, and it was interesting because we were. We were trying to match a real life tiger, which, by the way, was a tiger in the. You've seen the Tiger King thing, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So not later, like after everything was done, I, I didn't know like that tiger was actually in one of, I think it's Carol Baskin's uh, tiger, <laughs> tiger zoo, uh, which I didn't know. But that was oh, the wow. using of of a tiger there called Sapphire. So that was basically Valentine. She was called Sapphire in, 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 in real life. And I think it passed away now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it was interesting because we were matching a tiger to be 100% like a real tiger. And then after that process, where we were being really, really specific on, on matching that 100%, we, we wanted to zombify it. And the zombification came from there was lots of sketches and lots of, lots of ideas. But... Also, one thing you have to understand in, in visual effects as a, as a modeler, like the chain of command in VFX is massive. So you have like CG supervisors, VFX supervisors, leads. <laughs> you have so many up until, I mean, I'm not, I don't sit and talk to Zack Snyder, right? I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, that I would just call him and say, hey, what do you think about this? It doesn't work like that in VFX, right? Like you have your, your chain of command and usually the, 
sometimes, which is a bit of shame, is that the, the the flow of information actually gets washed down a bit from from the from the person actually wanting something, like the director probably or the showrunner, and then it gets kind of watered down from for every person that that needs to to say it to the one below them somehow, right? So wow, that's a, yeah, you just answered a follow-up question of mine about how that process works. That's really, oh, uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear. It sounds like a bummer, though, in that, like, you would probably benefit from, like, a just direct request a lot of the time. I mean, the the times that I did work very close to to directors, the obviously the, the, the communication is, is much, much better and, and because you can get the feedback instantly, right? So you, yeah. don't, have, you don't have to guess and you don't have to wait as so. <laughs> so Right. So, which is more fun. Yeah, I call it having conversations with yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so you kind of touched on it with how you designed the the tiger, but like when you're not like making something that's like a so specifically requested, like based on just like what we've seen on your website and your Instagram, would you say that you have a specific style of creature or monsters design that you're drawn to? I, it's 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 hard to like sometimes it's hard to explain because if I sit down and design something sudden oftentimes it will, it will come from something natural like I want it to look like real anatomy if I design something and then from that I I, I decide what what am I trying to build here and then usually the mix of that turns into something that I feel hey this is cool and then I I, I share it you know and hopefully other people also like that. I feel like it's it's easy to it's somehow easy to make a monster where the the like the the general audience would say like oh that's a that's a disgusting creature right but to to make something that that is also original like I feel like some some of the monsters that I've that that I've done on my portfolio for instance they are they are scary to look at but they also have some some type of what can you say like there there's something beautiful in the design something something nice in the shapes and the and the in the design like if that makes sense so that's what i look for when i when i when i work or when i sculpt oh, i really like that looking for the beauty in something yeah <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense i mean i think that makes sense to me that's a that's a really great way to put it and like just kind of gets to the core of like yeah you're an artist at the end of the day so of course you would look for like whatever like is beautiful is like inspiring so that's cool all right, so uh, moving on to The Witcher a little bit. I, I was pretty excited for The Witcher. I was a big fan of the books. I actually didn't play the games. Um, were you a fan of the books or games before getting involved into it? No, no, I wasn't. And Brand I, new. I, I, haven't, I haven't played the games. I, I didn't know anything about Witcher. That's fun. So you came in with a with like a blank slate here. So there, I'm guessing like you probably know with like any kind of adaptation though. Like usually the fans are like, oh, what's going to happen? There's a lot riding on it. Um, did did you like? Were you asked to do like research in the book to the into the books or anything when you were like creating the models for the Kikamora? Like obviously, I had I had material that I could yeah. read from the show, uh, which which I read a lot, uh, and then I did my own research in how how did the Kikamoras look in the games and and what's the law behind etc. But the actual execution of it, when what, what what I decided to do when when the task was given to me was was more in my own what I felt was right for it. You could yeah. say. Um, so we had like a more when I when I joined the show, there was a more like a, a more generic spider design made for Kiyomura. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which I helped turn into like a more 
humanoid humanoid version. Uh, and I don't know if you are familiar with these uh, peat bog bodies that's been lying in a bog for like decades or hundreds and hundreds of years, and they have this skin that's almost like there's no obviously there's no there's no flesh or, or meat left. It's just like preserved skin on bone. Kind yeah. of. Oh. And I, I was using that reference a lot because I knew that she was gonna appear in a in a in a kind of like a swamp uh, environment. So I felt like, wouldn't it be cool to know that that these creatures that just lie around in the swamp, and whenever somebody shows up, they they they're gonna be lazy enough to get out of the swamp and 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 try to devour you, right? <laughs> So, so I kind of tried to find my references. I was like, like, what do you think about this? Could this be cool? Blah blah blah. And they seem to like it, so I, I blocked out something. But a lot of the, the, like I said, like it was, it was a, a spider to begin with, and then it slowly morphed into putting more humanoid elements into the design, which, uh, which I think made it. I wish, I wish really that the the scene would have been directed differently. Because I don't feel like oftentimes it's too fast, right? You, you yeah. were surprised when I saw it. I don't know how you felt about that, but it just jumped right into it. And I don't know if they wanted to hook the audience, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the, I would have liked the, the, the slow build up. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I remember like when I first started the show, uh, like I didn't, I, like I'd read the books, but I didn't quite know um, like how much. How, how like the visual like how it was going to look visually and i get what you're saying like it'd been nice to have some build up but when i did see that creature pop on screen the first time i was like okay i like this like they're taking the monster design seriously it looks super cool i'm into it um so I, it sounds like the changes you made were smart because i think it was just a generic like spider creature it would have been way less memorable and like now like i think when i re- when i like re- like recommend the show to people i talk about the kikamora as one of my favorite creatures and that because i think it's just such a cool looking monster right and you get it right away but yeah i wish we got to spend more time with it yeah me too like and they, <laughs> a lot of uh, what i saw after that all i guess that was right before the, the premiere they, they and nobody had told me this by the way but uh but they had done all these promotions for Witcher all around the world. And basically it had the Kikimura monster, like all printed out oh. in 3D, right? Massive, massive. Like if you looked that up on Google, I was very surprised to see. It's very weird to see something you worked on on a, on a screen for half a year. And then suddenly yeah. Google in some country somewhere is like doing the promotion, right? And, and, and everything is set up with lights and stuff. And artists, I don't, don't know about other artists, but... I am not usually a part of all that stuff. <laughs> Just the guy sitting, sitting kind of backstage and like, I get to watch it when, when everybody else does, right? It's not like I, obviously when you're working in the studio, you can, you have your sneak peeks, right? Obviously what people are working on, but, but in the end, like you don't, you don't have more access. <laughs> yeah. Might surprise people sometimes, right? <laughs> you ever just think about that though? Like, I mean, all the monsters and stuff we always talk about with guests, like that, like inspired them or terrified them as kids. Like, you're kind of doing that for the next generation. Twenty years from now, somebody's gonna be like, oh, "That's my dream, man." If yeah. I can find someone and they'd be like, "That Kikamora was badass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet that's a dream, man. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so you already kind of talked to us about your process with uh, the bigger within a bigger studio system. It's like not as much like direct communication as you'd prefer, but like you also said that like uh, on smaller productions, um, 
modeling a creature and having more uh, direct contact with the creator helps the process. Can you give us a little more insight into that? Yeah, I would say when I was working with uh, with Blur Studios on the on the Love Death Robots stuff, that was oh. much more direct because it was made by Blur Studios, right? So there wasn't like a huge chain of command there, so you could actually you could actually ask more more like directly what what you think about this. And for the Thanapod, I don't know if you've seen that episode. If you're a monster fan, you you, you should. I don't think I've seen that. I haven't seen a whole lot of Love, Death, and the Robots. It's on my list, but I haven't dug into it yet. So I, I feel like now, like you're, it's the final thing. I got to get into it. Well, Love, Death, and the Robots, <laughs> all episodes is, is is different, right? So you have a completely different style and a completely yeah. different storyline and, and characters in in each episode. And on the, I think it's season three on Bad, called Bad Traveling. Basically, it's a crew on a ship that encounters a. a, a giant crustacean like a like a like a giant crab basically hmm. that's the thanapod which is a, and it's on my website as well if you probably maybe you've seen it but uh, but that that was the same like the same drill like we had some concepts and then working out the the, the design and and, and 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 like i said blur is it was a smaller studio and you had more direct communication with with the with the What's it called? The the head off or whatever who was leading the show. Um, so oh so, yeah, the showrunner. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, a easier process and a shorter process as well. And sometimes as well, it's not it's not an advantage to have like six months to do something. Like for me, it's actually better to have shorter time because I tend to work better that way to have uh, some fire under your your ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> so actually, get things done rather than talking about it for for a long time. Pressure yeah. makes diamonds, if you will. <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures on your website. It is really cool. The yeah, that's David Fincher directed that one too, huh? Wow. That's cool. With being in smaller production, did you work with him more closely, or was he just kind of like a like kind of an uh, overseer? Not him specifically. I worked on another episode on the on the on the same season, which was uh, directed by Tim Miller, and Tim oh. Miller, the the owner of Blur Studios. So I work with them a bit more directly. Oh, that's cool. I think David Fincher is probably always busy doing things. <laughs> probably, yeah, doing David Fincher things. <laughs> yeah. Classic Fincher. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask a, another Witcher question, actually. I, I I was looking at your website just to kind of follow up from that. So like you definitely did that kick of more in that first episode. Uh, but I was wondering, did you have like any other work further on in the show or any other seasons? Did you help with any of the other creature designs? Uh, I helped a bit on the, on the, on the heads of the dragons. Oh, so, okay. So in that episode, there's like a green dragon, dead dragon in a cave. Like yeah. I, I did the, the head of that and I helped on the, on the head of the, of the golden dragon as well. But that was a super rushed, situation with those dragons so oh. <laughs> i i think i i wish i get the opportunity to work on on another dragon show down the line that, that would uh, that would be nice that's not your dragon you want your own dragon yeah yes like <laughs> exactly are you uh are you a fan of the show now that you've worked on it do you still watch it i the, the thing is like sometimes people will think that i that i watch all the new shows that yeah to do with monsters but me like i'm an old school guy like i and, and i think it's because i often will get disappointed if i see something and <laughs> be like oh man that kind of sucks and, and then oh. I and watching what i like 
which is like 80s and 90s stuff rather, yeah uh, which and i know it works because i've seen it before right <laughs> and then you something new and the things you like so 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 i'm more i'm more into to to watching uh, retro stuff i guess and sometimes something good comes out obviously it's not like everything is is horrible that comes out right yeah yeah that's true no we're we're big uh I think as this podcast has progressed, I've always been an 80s movie fan. I think I've sucked Khalid to becoming more of an 80s movie fan now. I'm 80s pilled, unfortunately. Yeah, you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the classics. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, well, Mikhail, I just wanted to ask, like, I know we've talked a lot about like The Witcher and some of your other bigger projects and even some smaller ones like Love, Death, and Robot, but um is there anything else that you would say like in your body of work is a personal favorite of yours any past work that um you would want any potential future uh mikhail fans to get the full friends and experience if you will that is a good question uh well i think the the creatures that we talked about are my like valentine for sure is is a is, is a favorite of mine just because I feel like she is unique in her own way. And the first time I, I think I was pitched that, like if somebody said, oh, it's a zombie tiger, I actually laughed and said, that's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> but when you actually work on something and you pour your, your kind of like your, your soul into something and, and, and you love what you do, then, then she became like kind of like my, like I spent, I think, seven, seven months on that. So that's definitely one of my favorites uh, right now in my in 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 what I do creature wise is I actually try to go away from film a little bit and trying to work on games just to see how how it's oh. different in games because I mean I don't know about you guys but I, I love I love games and everything is is becoming more and more realistic in games so so that's that's something new that I'm I'm kind of like working towards and seeing what 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 that could be like that's true, and the storytelling in video games is getting even more sophisticated too. It's it's, it's an ex exciting frontier, so that's that's great that you're looking into that. Have you gotten into any games yet, or are you still kind of like in the prowl? No, I'm 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 already working on something. I don't think I can talk that much that's about okay. it. That's <laughs> okay. The only thing I can show is that there's there's a lot of creatures in it. <laughs> I love that. Just a lot of just enticing the future friends and fans here. I love it. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, that was kind of my uh, my next question. My last question actually uh, was uh, mm. any projects that you wanted to plug that's coming out that maybe you could talk about. Mm. Well, I think I think for 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 my own like for my own portfolio stuff, like I'm trying to to work on some more personal personal work, and would like at some point to see if that could be developed into something. I know that it's hard to get some funding for something, but maybe. Yeah. Some Using some of the creature designs for short films, something like that could be a, could be a next step for me because seeing your own designs in being animated and all that all that good stuff uh, that, that, uh, that could could be something in the future, but uh, obviously it needs to be planned out. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, well, I would recommend to anyone listening that to follow your Instagram page because I feel like I see you post lots of cool, unique creature designs that I, I believe are your own, just your own creations, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I really enjoy just like seeing those pop up in my feed. Is like that's a cool monster. That's a cool monster. That's a cool one too. You know. So yeah, yeah. I, if <clears throat> and if you if you do find yourself uh, 
making a short film or putting something together, creating like a project, like don't hesitate to reach back out to us. Like we'd love to like chat about it or feature it or talk about it. Like just have a discussion about it too on our, on Frankenstein's oh, podcast. Sure. Well, that, that, uh, that sounds like a deal. <laughs> Let's yeah. see what happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, before we close out though, I just wanted to mention a few other things. I was, I was just browsing your, uh, webpage before we uh, popped out a few other pieces of media that you worked on the mummy from 2017 i see that you worked on shazam fury of the gods the black unicorn that was kind of a cool creature um uh fate the wink saga i actually don't know that one no and i haven't seen it and i think the show is canceled now <laughs> okay came up right so so there is something released but i that was a, a small show where i did a little a little critter for that. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yes, and some some episodes. Yeah, the critter critter seems pretty cool. It made, made me kind of want to check out the show. I think I saw it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't. As far as I know, I think uh, I think the the contract wasn't renewed. Like a lot of uh, other big shows that yep, happen, like yep. when something is decent, like they they seem to cut it, right? Which is yeah. So check it out, but no, it's not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Khalid, should we uh, move on to our final segment? Uh, yeah, let's do it to it. So, Mikhail, I don't think I'm, I always forget to tell this to our guests. We have like a final segment in our show that we kind of do. It doesn't really have anything to do with the conversation or monsters in general, but we just like to leave our listeners off with just kind of like a recommendation of something that we're kind of <clears throat> kind of into in the moment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like reading, watching, listening to doesn't have to have anything to do with monsters or or your work. Just like something you're kind of into at the moment. So since I'm I'm springing it on you, I'll let you go last. We call it our uh, what the fandom segment. Uh, Khalid, why don't you start? What the fandom with you this week? Oh, thanks for asking, Joe. Uh, my what the fandom this week. Uh, in honor of solidarity with the striking writers and actors, um, I wanted to do a little switch up on the what the fandom and pick something from um, our golden era of television viewing that was made by writers that had an equitable stake in it. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Um, also a great showcase of actors, like just a stellar cast. I've been rewatching some of the old episodes and. They're available on Hulu if you want to watch them. They also might still just be syndicated somewhere on terrestrial TV if you want to go real old school. But um, yeah, Malcolm in the Middle. If you don't know what it is, if you're a young person that would make me cry if you told me what year you were born in, uh, Malcolm in the Middle was an amazing show that ran in the early 2000s, and it was about a kid that was like very gifted, super smart, and his very like dysfunctional family and the uh, misadventures they would get into together, all the fights, all that. It's just like a really fun watch, and it's like seven seasons, which is like unheard of these days. So there's a, there's a big back catalog of like episodes to watch, and anybody who's known me for, since I was a kid knows that like I've been singing this show's praises consistently. So if you want to check out like Brian Cranston before uh, the Breaking Bad years, that's also a good excuse to jump into it. But yeah, there's a lot to love there. So that's gonna be my uh, what the fandom this week. What about you, Joe? <clears throat> what the fandom with you? Thanks for asking, Khalid. Uh, I'm I'm going a little bit of a backlog too, not not as far as you, but uh, I, I've been I've been watching. It's kind of like a comf- comfort food show. I've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek lately Ooh. on Hulu, which has been uh, something I, a lot of friends of mine have always been recommending to me. And this is my first time going through it. I know like a lot of people already love it. It's a well-established show, but uh, Nicole and I are finally like sitting down and checking it out. We're almost done with season one, but uh, it's been one of those shows that I, I, I have friends who will send me like gifts of the characters all the time. I'm like, I just got, I finally, I just got to watch it. 
Um, but it's worth it. I'm loving it. It's uh, I mean, it's it's got a, like big Arrested Development vibes. Most people I'm sure have heard of it or have seen it at this point. But about like a family who loses everything and it's kind of regaled to this like small town, which they don't want to be a part of and have to kind of navigate through it. And they're all kind of ostensibly terrible people for a lot of the, a lot of it, but uh, have to learn some truths. <coughs> but it's funny having a blast with it. It's endearing at times. It's a it's a nice like comfort watch in the evenings. So that's that's kind of one thing I've been watching. Uh, I will also uh, give a second shout out, which I know you shouted this out a couple weeks ago, Khalid, to the Twisted Metal series on yeah. Peacock. I just finished it and oh, that was good. I was surprised. I did not expect to like that mo- that show as much as I do. I played those games back when it was PlayStation games back in the day. I was like, I don't, I don't know how they're going to make this into a show, but they found a way to make it cool. It's, it's ridiculous. It's campy, surprisingly earnest at times, and uh, it's like. I've been kind of describing it to people as like the Running Man meets like Mad Max Fury Road. Um, that's kind of. Uh, kind of the vibe you're looking for then i think you'll have a have a, have a good time with it so yeah, i would recommend the main those characters like a little weirdo you yeah know, you, gotta, you gotta add that joe yeah not a schwarzenegger but yeah <laughs> definitely not a schwarzenegger. <laughs> he's a little weirdo i love it yeah it's it's fun so uh those are my recommendations for the week uh mikhail do you have anything that you're into right now what the fandom with you i would say that the the twisted metal is a, is a good segue uh into what I'm doing right now like i'm playing the the 90s uh shooter game Quake, Quake Two, like I don't oh. know if you guys played that. You probably did, right? Um, but they did like a, a remaster of, of Quake Two, and it's on on Xbox and other platforms. So basically, I'm just I'm really really loving the the whole the whole vibe of that game. Like I used to, it used to freak me out as a kid, and it kind of still does because the sounds are the same and the music is the same. <laughs> so I'm 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 getting a kick out of that. So. If you haven't played that, I would I would recommend uh, playing some Quake too. Yeah, that is right in the era where I was like hard into games. I think I've, I've I know that I've had kids and like I haven't I haven't played video games in a long time. But like, uh, yeah, I like just like I was just googling it like that. Yeah, I, that looks super familiar. I know I know I played that for sure. Oh yeah, and if yeah. you hear the music from it, the music is is outstanding. Like I, I also use the music when when I'm not playing shooter games because I just like. <laughs> yeah. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic for sure, yeah. I love that. All right. Well, cool. That's it. Oh, great recommendations, folks. Um, Mikkel, I just wanted to thank you again for being willing to chat with us and come on the podcast, give us like some background knowledge and insights into the process and creature modeling and creature design. It's it's always just like a joy for us to kind of hear from somebody who's like done work in the industry who can kind of like share that knowledge. So uh, we really appreciate you. Yeah, you're welcome. It was uh, it was uh, nice chatting with you. I hope we get to do it again. Oh, for sure. Reach out anytime if they're like we we do a lot of monster movie discussions. If there's like a movie, you're just like, oh, I'd love to just chat about this movie for like an hour. Well, you know who to call, who to talk to. Us. <laughs> yeah, it's us. <laughs> just just to be clear. <laughs> Thank um, you so do you, much. Do you have any like social media sites or anything you want people to find you on? Uh, you can find me on the on the Mikkel Franson and there's a little dash uh, creatures and the same on the website is mikkelfranson.com. So I, I try to update my uh, my portfolio whenever I get around to do it, but weekly I try to. <laughs> so it doesn't happen, but uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me, you can do it on there. Great, and I'll link those in our show notes too. All right. Well, thank you both for an amazing discussion. This is so fun to just talk to you about VFX and just learn so much. 
Um, and thank you to everybody at home, in your cars, wherever, listening to another amazing episode of Frankenstein's podcast. If you haven't yet, go ahead and check out our Patreon. We're going to start adding some real cool Franken bits over there. Uh, and until next time, creep it easy. <laughs>